Let's go a Viking on Viking Hot Takes. It's Super Bowl week, and our 7 and 9 Minnesota Vikings are watching the Super Bowl at home, just like us. But now, it's time for Viking Hot Takes, the fast-moving Minnesota Vikings talk show. We've got Eric Thompson from the Daily Norseman. We've got me, Flip Mozzie, from Climbing the Pocket. And now we're live. We've got the fans in the comments for this show. So buckle up and let's go. Let's do it. Eric, how you doing, man? I'm doing well. I am ready. That that weekend without football last weekend, it, I, I almost missed the Pro Bowl a little bit, even though that game is completely meaningless. It was just a, a, a weekend without football was no fun. So I'm excited to wrap the, a pretty interesting and unique season up on Sunday. You got the Madden Pro Bowl, though, and uh, we got news that NCAA football is returning. So it wasn't quite enough for me to get over the no football weekend. And it's right. like kind of it's kind of that stark reminder that, yeah, it's coming. This is the last game of the year coming up on Sunday, and it's going to be back to no football. Very sad times until next September. Right. Hopefully the only thing I hope for is when we're finally back and the Vikings are finally back in U.S. Bank Stadium, we can join them because this is this is a it was a tough season not being able to attend any games in person. That's for sure. Definitely. Definitely. Well, like I said, we've got fans in the comments. We are fast moving here, so it's time to start the clock. Eric, I'm going to ask you the first question. All right. Are you ready to do this? Dave, let's get the clock rolling. Three, two, one. So let's start with the big news on Sunday. The Detroit Lions sent their quarterback, Matt Stafford, to the Los Angeles Rams for a 2022 first-round draft pick, a 2023 first-rounder, a 2021 third-rounder, and quarterback Jared Goff. So there's a lot to discuss there, and a lot has been said already. But what I want to know is, how does the Goff-Stafford trade impact the nfc north probably not much overall i guess i mean it's in the short term it probably makes the lions a little bit less of a threat but they i mean i don't know if we can really consider them a threat in the first place every year it seems like this you know i think we've discussed this before of like the lions they're the that team that all the nfl analysts likes to say you know who might be good this year is the lions i've i've fallen that for a couple times myself i thought they would compete for at least a wild card spot the last couple seasons but it it always seems like they're ending up under 500 so to get the haul that they did for stafford who might just kind of be what he is uh that's i think they they got a lot in return but unless they get kind of you know the instant impact guys like a justin jefferson or someone that can be a plug and play uh player right away from those for draft picks it's hard to them imagine them being more of a contender so i think it's going to be uh maybe a step back in the short term although i do like the deal overall for the lions yeah so they've got a hit on those draft picks yep no doubt detroit got worse short term and as far as the nfc north goes don't forget we play the rams in 2021 so matt stafford isn't completely off the schedule just yet. I actually commend both teams here because 
Last offseason, we saw the Vikings half-ass it. You know, it was this weird retool, part rebuild, part win now. And it didn't work at all, in my opinion. So in this trade, you see both Detroit and the Rams fully committed. Detroit's going rebuild. The Rams are going win now. And it's so cool to see teams do this because there's a lot of different ways to build a great football team, but there's no way to do it without conviction. Uh, I can't say I'm scared of the Lions long term, but I'm pretty impressed by their first steps here. So we'll see what they do if they hit on those draft picks. Yeah, I mean, there are so many variables and new variables in Detroit. It's really hard to see what's going to come with a basically an entire new regime from the front office to the coaching staff to now a, a new quarterback. It's going to be really interesting to see. Yeah, again, I don't see them posing much of a threat in 2021, but if they can put it together, maybe they will finally get their literally their first NFC North title because they have never had that before. Yeah. So, so my yeah. so my yeah. first question for you now we're going to go back staying in the NFC North we're going to go for our team here. So these uh, the offensive coordinator interviews this week we had Tyke Tolbert who had some connections to Clint Kubiak or to Gary mm-hmm. Kubiak I should say was were the interviews this week worth paying any attention to or is this kind of Clint Kubiak's job and they're just kind of going through formalities for now? Yeah. So first of all, shout out to my man Viking Jerome. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, as in regards to this question, offensive coordinator Clint Kubiak. So I tried to be patient during the offseason. For most fans, things move slower than we'd like. But this OC position is ridiculous right now. I mean, it took Kubiak, Gary Kubiak, a month to actually retire. And then we got to wait two weeks. And now the Vikings are telling us they're interviewing. <laughs> for context, look at the Rams, like who we just talked about. So the Rams in the same time frame won a playoff game, lost their second playoff game, lost their defensive coordinator, linebacker coach, defensive back coach, pass game coordinator, and assistant quarterback coach. Then they hired a new defensive coordinator and traded for a new quarterback. And and what have the Vikings done in the same time frame? We like we hired Keenan McCardell, like great. <laughs> so, so it's just, we need to hear something soon, honestly, because I want to get this off season on the road. Let's get started. Let's improve this team. As far as Kubiak goes, say what you will about nepotism. Clint Kubiak is a young, hopefully innovative coach who knows the wide zone play action scheme. He knows the scheme. We, the, the Vikes run, um, He should have been promoted to offensive coordinator a month ago. The Vikings promoted their special teams coordinator, Sam Ficken, no problem. But the Kubiak offensive coordinator thing is taking a while. And the hesitation, given all the other young coaches getting promoted, the hesitation means they aren't sold on him. These interviews are real, if you ask me. Yeah, it, it for maybe for me, it, it just might be if maybe there's something else in the works besides the Clint Kubiak hire because it, it yeah if if the Kubiak's the guy again nepotism side he it it has some semblance of continuity because on the offensive side of the ball there were definitely faults starting on the offensive line and you can nitpick cousins all you want but overall the offensive unit was very good and I think that continuity will help 
if they're going with Kubiak. But if they're not, it's it's pretty interesting why you know why they're dragging their heels so much. If it all is well that ends well, that's great. But yeah, if when other teams are moving so quickly, it's kind of uh, curious as to why the Vikings are taking so much time. Yeah, this should be a no-brainer. And because it clearly is not a no-brainer, I mean, something's going on. They're looking at people. And it might have to do with who the offensive personnel, what that looks like as well. So, I mean, we'll see. Hopefully we hear something soon. Question number three, Eric. The Vikings have some big cap hits to figure out this offseason. And, you know, I'd like to talk about a few of them, not just this one over the next couple of weeks. But let's start with Anthony Barr. He got injured in week two against the Colts. He's got a $15.5 million cap hit for 2021. So Anthony Barr, you keeping him or you cutting him? This is a really tough one for me. It's it's a lot of people just say that, con, you know, the, the the look at the cap hit, think two seconds to say, absolutely not. He's not worth it. But in this defense with Mike Zimmer's defense, he, he might actually be. And just the savings, I mean, with the, I, on over the cap, I believe it's, you know, it's almost a, a dead heat if you're between cutting him and the cap savings. It's like seven, little more than seven million each side of that. So that there's no real cap savings of cutting him. Maybe you entertain some trade offers. But again, you know, people have really kind of picked apart Barr's game the last couple seasons. It all started, speaking of the Rams, this is a very Rams heavy podcast today, but the, that that Rams game, the Thursday night game where Jared Goff had a, a perfect passer rating and Barr got absolutely torched. I really think that was more scheme. I think the, the you know if you're asking him to cover slot wide receivers, he's going to lose that. That's most linebackers. Eric Kendricks can hold his own, but not very many other linebackers can. And the depth on this team after Barr and Kendricks, we saw after Barr went after Kendricks went out at the end of the season. The, the cupboard was really bare. I mean, there's a lot of, you know, there Cam Smith, who knows if he's going to come back after his heart surgery. I mean, do you really want to depend on Troy Dye developing as much uh, in his first off season? I mean, he, he had really yes. had some struggles his first season. And, and you have Blake Lynch, Hardy Nickerson, names like that. It, nothing really jumps out. Todd Davis, you know, that's, it's nothing really excites you behind bar. So personally, I think Maybe you try to restructure, kick some uh, cap money down the road a little bit for the to free up something in the near term, especially with uh, uncertain cap figure going uh, into 2021. But uh, I would lean towards keeping him just because I'm not sure what the options are without him. And again, if you're thinking Eric yeah. Wilson can fill in, which which he did fine, uh, but it's he's he's not going to come probably cheap on his new next deal either. So if you're if you're comparing the two, if you made me choose one between Wilson and Barr, and the price isn't that different i'd stick with bar hopefully they can keep all three because again we we need some depth in that uh position yeah well eric wilson is a free agent so it sounds like your official take is keep yes hopefully to renegotiate maybe you know kick some down with a uh with an extra signing bonus something like that but yeah i, I would say to keep yeah i think the the question you asked there is troy die can we compend com- can we depend on him uh, Cam Smith, can we depend on him? I don't even know. Is, like, is Ben Gideon even a person anymore? Um, right. My answer is yes. We should be able to depend on them. We're spending these picks on on linebacker, and like, why? Why are we even drafting linebacker if we're just going to stick with Barr and Kendricks? We can't even develop a backup plan behind them. 
Well, Wilson developed quite a bit. I mean, it's it's just that you don't know if you want him to be the the option, especially if he's going to cost them more. But yeah, that, that, yeah, Will, Wilson Wilson developed into an everyday every, every down linebacker for the thirty first best defense in the NFL. <laughs> Sweet, um, you know, I wrote I wrote an article back in twenty eighteen <laughs> when those still existed, and a defense needs three great players four good players and five role players. That's how the chiefs are built. That's how the bucks are built. Uh, and then you shift resources to offense. And so for the Vikings, you ask yourself, who are those three? Who should they build around? It's Daniel Hunter. It's Eric Kendricks and it's Harrison Smith. So Anthony Barr right now, he has a build around salary but he's just not a top three build around player for this defense. He'd be a good number four. He's good. I think he's actually underrated by Vikings fans and some of the shade is unnecessary, but if you get serious about a rebuild, he's not, he's not one of those pillars for the defense. And if they have four pillars, then Mike Zimmer's getting too many toys because again, we need to prioritize the offense. Yeah, that's fair enough. I mean, he's definitely after those top three, and he's getting paid like he has a top three defender. So that's, again, hopefully you can, he can maybe restructure a little bit and make that uh, cap hit a little less because there are a lot of areas to improve uh, just outside of that linebacker. So we are uh, we're just over eight minute, eight and a half minutes left here, so we got to keep coming quick. So, yep. So the the big one that I'm already annoyed by, but it's maybe actually has some truth behind it is the. The Kirk Cousins of the 49ers, Jimmy G and a bunch of stuff, maybe for Cousins, because the Shanahan and Cousins connection is, yes, blah, 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 blah. We know this. Um, how realistic do you think a trade could be, and would you do it if you were the Vikings? It is 100% realistic. That doesn't mean it'll happen, but yes, <laughs> it's possible. I mean, Vikings fans, love or hate Kirk Cousins, we need to realize that Kirk's trade value is higher than it has been or may ever be. Uh, There are multiple teams looking for a quarterback, and Kirk is more valuable to them than he is is to us. And I'm willing to spend time talking about this. Forget the other questions. I mean, again, he's more valuable to those other teams. San Francisco, if they feel they're a Super Bowl contender by upgrading to Kirk Cousins, then Kirk is more valuable to them than, than for us just to go seven and nine or 10 and six. Again, no, San Francisco wants him more than we need him. Same with the Texans. If they need a stabilizing quarterback for their rebuild, you know, Kirk is more valuable to them to help them save face after trading away to Sean Watson, the Denver Broncos, if they want competent quarterback play, who can maximize their weapons, Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy. Kirk is more valuable there. So if you think there is a difference in value to the point where you can get multiple early picks back, yes, 100%, I would make this trade. It's not trading away Kirk Cousins because I think he's bad. It's the opposite. It's trading away Kirk Cousins because I think he's really good and those teams are going to pay a premium for him. 
that's that's fair. If if the haul is good enough, it's going to have to be a to justify getting. You know, I'm sure that Drew Locke would probably be involved in a Denver deal, and Jimmy Garoppolo would probably be involved in the San Francisco deal. Both of those are a definite downgrade, in my opinion. Especially Locke. Who knows? I mean, he's only had what 18 games in his career. There's a lot of room for him to maybe develop, but that's taking a step back. I don't really see it happening as much of a realistic possibility because I think Spielman and Zimmer kind of know what's at stake this season. If they did their half rebuild thing, if they're going to go full rebuild, that must mean that they have quite a bit of job security going forward because that trade, just like we talked about with the Goff and Stafford trade, that's going to make the Vikings probably worse in the short term because those draft picks aren't going to all hit right, hit right away. We saw that when the Vikings tried to do that in 2020. They tried to make 15 draft picks turn into impact players, and that's it's just not feasible. So I just really think that unless it's a, a godfather offer where there's multiple firsts involved, or if there's a maybe a, a really, you know, especially in the 49ers case, if they send over one of their big impact defensive lineman with the trade that makes it a little more interesting because that's something that the Vikings could put to use right away. More known commodities like that. I, that makes sense. I really think the Vikings uh, just with the what's at stake. I really don't see it happening because again, you talked about going seven, nine, 10, six, that's very realistic possibility, but I think the Vikings are still going to shoot for more. I think the, at least the Spielman and Zimmer combo, I believe that they just caught some, some tough breaks. So I, I just I think it's, right. it's going to be, it's going to, it, if it was part, if a cousin's trade is part of multiple moves, you know, the whole Watson pie in the sky thing, that that's, that'd be great. Get a whole bunch of draft picks for mm. Watson. That's, that's even tougher to pull off, it, but it, it has to be a, a, a justifiable uh, trade to even entertain it. I think if I'm the Vikings. Yeah, it has to be a justify rebuild strategy. And this is important. So I think most Vikings fans will agree that right now the 2021 ceiling is 11 and a five, 11 and five NFC North title playoff contention, and then hope for a Super Bowl run. We all agree there. The disagreement is, is that high enough? Some fans feel we should have seen a higher ceiling over the last three years to justify staying with Kirk. But others think that, you know, you go get, you get in the playoff dance, you go for it, you hope for a run through the playoffs, and that's good the, enough. Yeah. And Look at the five seed Buccaneers, they, they made it, they made three, three road games this year. Exactly. I don't know what the right answer is, but the takeaway is when we talk about trading Kirk Cousins, it's not an indictment on Kirk Cousins. It's just understanding his value in comparison to the rest of the league and how many teams need a quarterback. Yep. And I think uh, another part of that trade, uh, any potential trade, you got to look at Kirk Cousins' uh, contract with that huge cap hit coming up. That's that's different because mm-hmm. I think that was a big part of the Rams, the, the Goff and Stafford trade. Goff's, Goff's cap hits coming up uh, are going to make, that makes a big difference. So it's not just a, a player for picks trade. You, you have to incorporate the, the salaries as well. Right. If you don't think you can make a Super Bowl run in 2021, then it makes a lot of sense to try to stockpile and sell high on Kirk Cousins. All right, Eric, we got like three minutes left. We got okay. two more questions going for the blitz here. It's Sunday. Super, it's it's February 7th, just a couple of days now. It's Chiefs yes. versus Bucks. Goat Mahomes versus Goat Brady. I mean, Reed versus Arians, Biennemi, Foles. We got the Honey Badger. We got the Cheetah, Lil Antoine Winfield. 
who wins Super Bowl 55? Well, I, 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 I can't go against the Chiefs. I just, they're simply they're the better team top to bottom. Although there are plenty of arguments for the Buccaneers. They have that, that front seven against the Chiefs banged up offensive line. It makes you nervous. We have seen Super Bowls decided by a dominant pass rush. If you can get there with four, you can, you can, you can stop a previously unstoppable offense. But I, I just think the Chiefs have the weapons and they have the coaching. And most of all, they have the quarterback that can counteract anything that kind of comes at them. I mean, it's, it's almost a, a weekly playoff tradition that the, the Chiefs will fall behind 10 points and then those <laughs> casually come back in, in three drives. It's, it's amazing what this offense can do. Just their wizardry in the red zone and the goal line. It's just, it's, it's almost impossible to stop. The Buccaneers can, and if anyone can do it, it's the GOAT, Tom Brady. I don't know how he keeps winning at this age. It's, it's absolutely amazing. But I, I still, I, I go to the Chiefs. It's, I think it'll be a great matchup, but I, I got to go with the Chiefs. You, I mean, you? you said it. I, every time I watch Patrick Mahomes, I just get less sure on how to stop him. Right. And then you add all the Chiefs' weapons. It just, I don't, it doesn't make sense. Just vision envisioning the Bucks winning doesn't make sense. But neither does Tom Brady's entire career. Everything right. about the GOAT from his slow-ass 40 time to his first Super Bowl, the dynasty, his supermodel wife, the fact that he has as many NFC championships as Aaron Rodgers and Drew Brees. Uh, he's the only one who can do this. And that's not necessarily being fair to the rest of the Buccaneers. I mean, they've got a great team. They've got great, great draft picks and a good defense. But only Tom Brady can pull this off. And I think he does. He will make the play, take his seventh Super Bowl trophy home and be Super Bowl MVP. That's a that's a bold statement, but again, how many Remember times are we going to see it, it before? Exactly. I mean, it's it it wouldn't it wouldn't <laughs> shock me because nothing shocks me anymore with Tom Brady. The guy is. I mean, I'm kicking forty's door down pretty soon here, and he's is older than that, and he's still playing at at a high level. It's it's absolutely amazing to witness, and uh, it should be an amazing game to watch on Sunday. Well, I hey, that's time. We don't have time for the last question. I'm not even apologizing because that was twenty minutes of great Viking sports talk. Not going to apologize. Thank y'all for tuning in. We got Dave hiding out in the background back there. Thank you for (laughs) producing the show up. He's gone again, but Hey, that's it for Vikings hot takes. Eric, do you have any closing comments? Make them count. Um, Just uh, enjoy the game because it is seven long months before football again. So cherish it. Uh, Watch the commercials, eat all the food. But just remember, we're we're in for the, a long winter, literally here in Minnesota and uh, figuratively with football. And I cannot believe that we finished the season with everything that went on during COVID and everything. It's pretty incredible. That well said. Enjoy the Super Bowl, everyone, and skull Vikes. Thank you for watching or listening. As always, if you like, subscribe, and ring the bell for notifications. And if you're listening to the podcast, please rate us on your favorite aggregator. Let's go, everybody.